world is changing at a rate that we've never seen before. From business to art to sports, these changes are affecting every aspect of our lives. My name is Nick Kastner, and we're setting out to talk with the people who are altering the way things are done. Along with Alec McChesney, this is The Commonwealth. Our guest today is Natalie McCauley, co-founder of Oh Hello Agency. Natalie and I talk about her unexpected ride from a journalist to starting a marketing company, the way she copes with the uncertainty of an entrepreneurial lifestyle, and her advice to anyone looking to create something for themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, Natalie McCauley. My guest today is Natalie McCauley. What's up, what's up? Yeah, and Natalie is also a good friend of mine. We've just become good friends over the last six months. In fact, when we first shot this podcast or recorded this podcast, I don't think we knew that we would become such good friends. No, no. I, um, as a matter of fact, I I went back to you and was like, we re- we have to reshoot it now that we've we've become homies. Um, and it's also your birthday. Thank it is you. my birthday. So, so we do a little cheers here. Cheers, and we're we got our intern prosecco. Abby here. Come on, Abby, get yes. in here. I got some prosecco. Yes, uh, uh, birthday podcast. It's the first time I've drank prosecco while we're shooting an episode. So that makes me you. so happy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So one thing we've bonded over is you, uh, your career has gone from journalism to marketing and mine, my previous role was more marketing and I've gone into journalism. So, so you, crazy of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you have, uh, you've given me some like fantastic feedback and support on how to do this. So I'd just like to thank you for that. Oh, thanks, Nick. Yes. Yeah. Um, so to start with, and just to give people a sense of who you are and where, uh, where you come from, you went to the same high school as Beyonce, right? Hell yeah, I did. Yes. HSPVA, high school for the performing and visual arts. I, Abby just found out that fun fact, so I can see her face being like, are you related? Um, <laughs> not related. I wish we were, but, um, HSPVA, performing arts high school in Houston, Texas. I was born and raised in Houston, born and raised in Houston, 18 years. Um, very lucky that Nebraska Westland, which is now one of the top BFA programs in the country, wow. they came and auditioned me and pretty much got me, um, almost a full scholarship for musical theater. Wow. Um, so I'm just really incredibly grateful to not have student loan debt because mm-hmm. that is a crisis that's going on right now. And I can take a lot more risks financially. Not that I necessarily need to. And I, I'm not trying to take risks. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, you got to be prepared. Yes. And that really let me have some financial freedom. So that's how I got to Wesleyan. Um, And then as you may know, because I told you the story a couple times, two years in, I decided I wanted to go to DC for a year. I worked at C-SPAN. I entered at a local news station. I fell in love with journalism, which is also very similar to theater. Yeah. So there's a lot of performance in that. Yeah. um, Go, Going back a step, you were uh, it was it was musical theater. Yeah, musical theater yeah, what, was how I kind of started. Okay, what what did you like about that? That's a great question. I mean, I really love performing in front of people. I love being on the stage, and I love that things only happen once with musical theater. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't go back. And I think that's why I'm also really good at sales. Is like I love to live in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. After graduating Westland, you jumped right into into journalism? Pretty much. Um, my junior year, I went to D.C. for a year. And then actually, before I even graduated, I got a job at 10-11. I came back and I literally hunted down the um, the people who worked there and asked them for an internship. Like literally saw them at a coffee shop and walked up to them. I had called so many times and I was like, I need a job. I want to intern for you guys. I just got back this summer from working at a local news station. Will you give me a job? And they were like, we'll give you a job if you can come and be at the interview in 10 minutes. They called me that day. They're like, we'll give you a job if you can be here in the interview in 10 minutes. We'll interview you and maybe you'll have a job. And I showed up like in a suit ready to go in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, Amber Smith. So funny. (laughs) It sounds like me. And I I was there in like five. 
Um, it's like I was suited up, ready to go, um, which is in many ways kind of an analogy for how you have to be as an entrepreneur. So worked at 1011 for almost, um, four years. Yeah. How, how was that? It was, it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, local news has its dark days because you're covering a lot of tough stories yeah. and you are knocking on people's doors at their worst moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I did crime the first year and, and a lot of politics and that was tough. And then I went into doing features and that's really where a lot of my, best experiences came from because I was doing a series where I was in a different place around the city of Lincoln every single day. And so I was getting to show people behind the scenes at Cirque du Soleil or what it takes to put on a rodeo or cooking at Goldenrod, you know, baking at Goldenrod pastries. So Mm -hmm. that was how I really got to know the city. And I think that's where I really, from a loyalty perspective, just started to love Lincoln and and realize what's here because I got to cover Silicon Prairie as it was becoming Silicon Prairie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been with you and random people... Have, have approached you saying you did, you did fantastic work. work Mostly over the age of 60. And they kind of shake me like, I miss you, yeah. Natalie. <laughs> yes, yeah, we were at, um, at Landon Road's podcast studio grand opening. And so I saw that exact, oh, Natalie, I loved your reporting. And it's one of those like, w- like I don't have, I don't picture you as on TV, you know, like I think of you in a completely different world. Totally, yeah. yeah. It was a good time. I And it taught me so much about hustle. Because if you didn't have a story, like if you came back to the newsroom without a story for the next day, they were like, you're just going to work till you find one. Like yeah. there's no quitting in news ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a competitor gets the story and they see the competitor has a story and you didn't get it, you're in deep trouble. Mm-hmm. So you really have to commit every day. Yeah. So then you eventually went into the marketing world. Yeah. Right? So I went to Evil Empire Creative. As many know, they were recently acquired by Firespring, um, and I went to work for Andrew Tuzon. That's how I met my co-founder now, Davey Owens, and he is the head of strategy at Oh Hello. He was the chief marketing officer there. Um, he worked at Amazon, Google. He moved here to Lincoln from Seattle to take the job as CMO. Um, and I was incredibly grateful for the experience. Like in the first year I came on, there were five or six people. We grew it to 25. Um, I stepped into a director of business development role there. Um, Andrew is an amazing salesperson. He really mentored me and taught me every element of what it takes to pitch clients and win new business quickly. Mm-hmm. So that was a great experience. And after two years, Davey and I were like, we're not quite ready. We're not quite ready to go work for somebody else. And yeah. we might as well see if we can do this ourselves. Yeah. So you you started this right as the company was acquired? Or yeah. I mean, I mean, really, like, I think that we just kind of saw it coming. And um, Firespring and Evil had a really great working relationship. And so we knew that, um, you know, Jay and CK and the guys over there um, and Andrew were working together on so many projects. So we kind of sensed that there was something going on. And mm-hmm. right before that happened, we kind of had the wherewithal to say, all right, what do we really want to do with our next step in the creative career? And oh, hello, just made a lot of sense. Dan Bellier, our third partner, was a designer at Evil at the time. And the three of us just really connected. We'd been through a lot together. You know, one tip that I'll give um, people who are thinking about starting their own company, we actually just took some culture surveys. So I actually okay. know this, like know this data. Yeah. Dan and Davey are um, very methodical, very strategic. And their energy levels, they can sit in front of a computer for eight hours and design a website. And I'm the people person, yeah. right? And so we have so many different strengths and weaknesses <laughs> And we really matched well on what we were good at and what we were bad at. Did you know that before going in? I think I sensed it in our collaboration at Evil. But now that we've been in Oh Hello and actually done more research and deep digging into it, mm-hmm. we've real like we've actually had a consultant put us through survey tests and tell us that that's true. She asked Dan on a call, "How many ideas do you have that you're not telling Davy and Natalie?" Because this survey says you probably have a ton. And you're not telling them. And he was like, 
yeah, I do. And she said, well, you should be writing those down. And then every quarter, you guys should be going through those. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was just kind of like, you know, she's like, how many ideas do you come up with in a day? And he's like, I come up with tons. She's like, write them. And her piece of advice was write them down. And then the three of you sit down and go through those ideas. And same for Davey. That was kind of her advice to them. I'm somebody like I vocalize all of my ideas, but they're not, honestly, they're not nearly as good as Dan and Davies. Yeah. So I'm a people person and I'm somebody that I'm great with short tasks. I'm a great executor. I'm the get shit doneer. They're the people that can sit down and really be methodical. They're the last people to speak in a room, but when they speak, people listen. That combined creates really great magic. Yeah. And it also speaks to the value of consultants. Totally. What does Oh Hello do? If you could give like the brief summary. Yeah. So um, we are um, a brand innovation lab. Um, We believe that brand should be first. So brand centric. The biggest problem we wanted to solve when we left evil, we saw companies coming into evil and spending thousands of dollars on AdWords and not even having a clear positioning statement that says, this is what we do and this is who it's for. Mm -hmm. So our goal at Oh Hello with every brand we work with is to help them refine their messaging, know their audience and clarify what they're saying before they spend money on our brand management side. Brand development, web design, logo, messaging and identity, brand management, um, content creation, SEO, um, Facebook and social media, Instagram ads, um, and then white papers, case studies and pitch decks. Like we work with companies that are like, we're going to go pitch, you know, we're going to go pitch a bunch of companies for money. Um, we're starting this new retail brand and we need a 25 designed, uh, 25 slide page, you know, page pitch deck where you're just going to like sell us and we can help them identify how to tell their story. Your clients are across the country, correct? Across, yeah, across the world, actually. We're international okay. now. Um, and this is great because for us, like, we really wanted to make sure that this company is set up to be, um, you know, digital and we can all work remote. And that's a really big tip for entrepreneurs is like, know when you start a company, what you want your lifestyle to look like. For Mm -hmm. Dan and Davey and I, we really know that um, we're interested in travel. We're interested in being able to spend time with family Mm -hmm. and cultivating bigger and better relationships personally. And um, one of the, the great things about being an entrepreneur is if you do have a good work ethic and you can work from anywhere, you can hop on a plane and go to Europe or you can hop on a plane and go to Puerto Rico and work remote. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, we've set up all of our systems and processes to work with clients all over the world. We have an island in the Philippines, Shergao, that's doing, um, we're doing a tourism, um, you know, website for and they're, you know, they're marketing all over the country to tourists in America and tourists internationally. We have an NFL football player in New York. We have um, in Puerto Rico, a swimsuit company, Swell Obsessed. Like we have clients everywhere. And even though we love working local, we've set up our processes and systems to the point where we can be digital and we can be remote. You mentioned that that entrepreneurship lifestyle that um, just to illustrate like how much of that you're you're involved with. I how how long have I been trying to re redo this? Like, <laughs> like six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. You're like Nat, Nat, Nat. Yes. And I was like, okay, just come on my birthday. It's the next free night. So yes. here we go. Yeah, the, it's it's seven thirty at night on your birthday. Cheers. Uh, yes, cheers. <laughs> I um I had to interrupt you and you and Abby, your your intern from a meeting to be like Nat. Yay come for on. our new intern. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> What did or didn't you expect as you like took the plunge into entrepreneurship? Oh boy. Okay. There's a couple things. Um, first is that you're going to have to pivot. We have had to pivot our business model away from, um, some of the things that we thought we were going to be doing more of, mm-hmm. um, into some of the things that drive revenue. Can you give an example? 
Yeah. Um, so we, at first we were like, man, we really don't want to do social content creation. Like we know a lot about it. We understand social media to the point of exhaustion, but we were like, man, we just, we want to do like more branding than social content creation. But the truth yeah. is, is like the best way to solve our customers pain points in many ways is to manage their social media. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do it. And a lot of these bigger companies are lacking the strategy to understand how to use the platforms and we're well-versed on how to do it. We mm-hmm. know how to build the brand identity. We know what the algorithms are doing. We know exactly. We have resources in place to learn that. So we're we're offering that as a service now because at some point you have to say like, you know, 70% of my job is awesome, but 30% of my job, I got to pay the bills, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do social content creation. It wasn't in the plan to begin with, but we've okay. had so many clients request it. And we've created finally systems and processes to do it efficiently and do it well. Um, so you have to be prepared to pivot and you have to know that at the end of the day, if you're not making money with your business, it's just an idea. Mm-hmm. Like your business has to be profitable. And we still struggle with that because there are times when we're like, do we really want to take, you know, this project on? Like we're not really, you know, <sighs> there's industries where we're like, we're not thrilled about this industry. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I'm more concerned about, you know, making sure that we're able to be sustainable. And if we like the people we're working with, which we typically take clients on that we could go get a drink with, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we like those people, then we'll learn their industries. So learning to pivot and not being stubborn about that so you can eat is, I think, super smart. Were you Um, all profitable from from the get-go? Yeah, we were. Um, I mean, we started this company, um, on like we had freelanced and saved money, but we had no debt. Um, we've Mm -hmm. since like decided that, um, you know, if we needed more technology infrastructure, maybe we would look into potentially taking a loan on. We haven't had to make any big financial moves. Like we're not like a retailer where we had to like pitch investors. We've been able to stay pretty steady. Um, but we're definitely, you know, pivoting a little bit more and making sure that we're, you know, keeping the right clients and maintaining the right clients and still being profitable. And so that just takes extra time. Yeah. 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 So your role with, crunching the numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. your role with a business is bringing bringing in new clients, correct? Yeah. So I'm business development. I'm also, um, I would say, like chief operating officer, COO okay. is like another hat that I wear. Okay. Um, so like tip number two for entrepreneurs is like find yourself somebody who gets numbers because like understanding profit and loss statements and trying to figure out like do we need. Do we need this or do we, do we spend on this software? Like we have a great bookkeeper. Shout out to Jill Jacobs. She kills it. We have a, a tax guy, Greg, who's awesome. Okay. Um, are those all in house? All or? local. Okay. People that we work with and we meet with on a quarterly, if not monthly basis or conversation. And it's like understanding those numbers and where your money's going is super important. Like you need to know what your profit margins look like and, and exactly what you're bringing in for each project. I mean, and, and were you good, that, good at that from the get go? Oh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> like our first five months, we were just like, anybody who needs a website, like we've <laughs> left our jobs. Like if you need a website, like we'll do your website, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you know, I mean, I'd love to say that we were, but we weren't. And now, we start tracking, you know, how long things take us. We created a Google spreadsheet where we know in the last six months, this is exactly what we're charging. This is exactly what we're making. And clients understand you have to be profitable. And it actually mm-hmm. gives you like negotiating power with the client when you can say, listen, like the reason it's $1,200 a month is because this is my hourly rate. This is how many hours it's going to take. This is the software cost that on top of that, yeah. I have to deduct this is the payroll, like credit card processing fee of 3%. And then also, did you forget about account? Man- like when you can break that down to a client who may be questioning your pricing, mm-hmm. it's buying and nego- it's negotiating power. Yeah. Um, 
So we've actually created that now. So we know like on everything, this is what we need to make. And we even know, okay, if this client wants a $2,000 website and this is not a $2,000 project, we should probably put those hours into actually finding a client that's willing to add a zero there and pay for the hours they're going to use. Because we don't work for free. And marketing may be commoditized, but the best way to uncommoditize yourself is to A, bring value, and B, understand how long things are going to take and be able to explain that to a client. Like, yeah, that guy over there might be saying it's two grand, but they have no idea what they're doing. Because Mm -hmm. I can tell you, this is not a $2,000 project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Do you feel the pressure of of sales as as the entrepreneur and COO? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like sleepless nights. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to even like acknowledge it sometimes because it can take such a huge like impact on your mental health. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, we know exactly what we have to close every month to pay for everything and then you have to make a profit, right? Mm-hmm. And so – you can never come off desperate with your clients. You never want to go to a client and try and pressure them into closing because you're trying to make a bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had to do that. And I've been very fortunate in that. But yeah, there's definitely times when sales cycles are taking longer and holidays affect your sales cycles. Like we know we're coming into Thanksgiving and Christmas and we're trying to prep for that with the understanding that anything we propose is going to take double the time. Um, and would I love to have a business development rep full-time helping me? Yes, but... I don't know that it's in our best interest financially to do that right mm-hmm. now. So yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And then the mental health aspect, like I've told, told you this, like I work out at Fly, I teach yeah. at Fly, going to a cycling class and making sure that I work out, that I, that I take care of my body, that I get up in the morning and go lift weights, even if I don't feel like it, mm-hmm. that has really helped. But it is really stressful when you do the sales and you kind of have to realize at some point that if you're not dead, there's not really a problem. And that sounds really bad, but it's like, if you're still alive, like, what are you worried about? Because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You have to eat McDonald's for a week until you get paid from that client. Like, it's not that bad. Yeah. And so I think kind of keeping that perspective has helped me get through the highs and the lows of running an agency in your first year. And I could pretend like, oh my gosh, we're a $2 million a year company, but we're not. And we're we're getting there and we're yeah. doing everything we can to grow. But it's scary because mm-hmm. the second you have to hire somebody, you're like, hope I can keep paying you because that person, like we hired our first employee last year. It's like that person gets paid before anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to be. Yeah. Um, and that was a really cool thing to be able to say like, I'm paying you and I'm paying me and everyone's making money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah. Yeah. The, um, you, you mentioned the sleep, uh, sleepless nights. Do you actually have trouble sleeping? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's times when it's like, and it's not even just sales, but it's like, I'm really hard on myself. And so when a client isn't happy, um, or when, you know, we had somebody move to St. Louis and, and leave our company and I love her dearly and we're actually still friends, but I was like, so sad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was losing somebody who was, awesome at writing content who was great with our clients and um you know life life took her to to st louis her name's cc o'neill she's she's a badass and yeah there were a couple sleepless nights there i was like holy crap i'm gonna be writing blog posts for the next couple weeks and Mm -hmm. figuring out do we hire for that position or do we freelance it um so yeah there's a lot of times when i can't sleep or i'm just trying to think through what's the next step here and and googling for answers yeah yeah um how do you or I guess, do you maintain a, a personal life outside of your business? Yeah. It's really interesting because when I started Oh Hello, um, I 
was dating somebody. I don't even know how that happened because I had no time. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, the first year was so hard. And I feel like I've just started to settle into maybe you can, like today was my birthday and mm-hmm. I took a, a, some time for myself. I took yeah. a nap. I went to Chick-fil-A middle of the day. Yeah. I love the 12 piece chicken nuggets. Yeah. Medium waffle fries. Small diet lemonade. And a fantastic service. It's so good. And they always, I don't like that they say, uh, your pleasure or our pleasure. I think that's weird. Like, I just want Chick-fil-A headquarters to know, like, it's every time they say it, I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm going to eat my fries out of the bag now. <laughs> my favorite is when the drive through line gets long and all the 13 year olds who work at Chick-fil-A come out and like start just passing things out to the drive through line. They're really sweet. They're hilarious. They're awesome. But back to your original question. So, yeah, so when I first started the company, I was like, I had this random personal life with like 11 o'clock evening dates with my boyfriend at the time. And and I just don't think that was healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had to actively, like I'm dating somebody now. I'm someone new. <laughs> yeah. As life happens, right? We all break up. We date somebody new. We go through changes. And, yeah. you know, I've been very cognizant of like when we're together, like putting my phone in another room mm-hmm. because I'm addicted. And I think you have to be addicted to like – answering emails, answering texts, like texting my my clients, texting my intern, like making sure I answered all my messages from the day, double checking my email. It's very easy for me to just get completely obsessed with my projects and what mm-hmm. I'm working on. And so I actually have to put my phone in the other room. And that has been number one tip. If you actually want to have a relationship with somebody as an entrepreneur is like go on a date and leave your phone at home yeah. or put your, like I don't sleep with my phone next to me anymore. I Nobody like knows this really, but I sleep with it like right behind you because if I sleep with it next to me, when I wake up at two in the morning and can't sleep, you know what I'm doing? Checking, your phone. Checking my phone like all the time. So it's hard. Um, so really creating that personal time, um, is super important. And then even talking, if you have people you work with that are your business partners or other people that work for you, setting really clear boundaries. Like Davey and I finally, and Davey and Dan and I finally just start talking about like, you know, if it's past eight o'clock, maybe we just don't call each other if it's not an emergency. Yeah. And when we first heard the company, it's like 1030. I'm like, Davey. I'm reading this email and (laughs) what are they talking about? You know, so Mm -hmm. that's how you get to maintain a personal life is you create the balance for yourself with discipline. It's not perfect, but leaving your phone at home, um, and, and not letting it take over. And, and even like my boyfriend, like he'll call me out and be like, yo, what did I just say? And I'm like, I don't know what you said. What did you just say? (laughs) And he's like, well, you can put your phone down and then I could tell you again. Yeah. So having somebody that's patient, I, you know, he, I mean, he's an entrepreneur too, but he's been doing it for a lot longer than I have. So, yeah. but having someone who's patient and willing to call you out on it, I think helps. We just touched on the, the worst things of, of being an entrepreneur and the, and the lifestyle that goes along with it. What do you like about it? I love the flexibility. I mean, I just said I went to Chick-fil-A at like 2.30 in the afternoon okay. today. I'm like driving around listening to whatever is going on in the news with this impeachment trial, like okay. stuffing french fries into my mouth. Um, I mean, it's just really interesting to hear that. I'm like eating the french fries. Um, I loved, I love the fact that I have so much flexibility, like 2.30 PM can drive around, eat Chick-fil-A, you know, go home and work for the next four hours. Like I'll probably work till 1030 at night and then I'll, I'll wake up around 730, you know? Um, I love the flexibility. I love the fact that when I win, I win for me. 
I am a very self-motivated person. I don't need someone to micromanage my tasks for me. I might need somebody to realign me on what I should be doing. But once I know what I'm doing, I can get it done. Yeah. Um, Davey and Dan realign me on what I should be doing all the time. They're like, hey, uh, you told us you were doing this, but you're now working on this. Did you just switch gears? Is this done? I'm like, nope. They're like, get back to idea number one. Yeah. And I'm like, awesome. I'm on it. Because um, sometimes it's easy for me to get distracted because I get so excited about different things. And I could just be like, you know, I have to look at um, – Ali Schwanky actually told me this, and this was like such a great idea. Is like write down your ideas and then look at the ones like which ones would 10x your business. Yeah. Because I could just do all of them mm-hmm. and then waste my time getting none of them done. Um, but yeah, flexibility and then winning for myself. And then I think number three is just the fact that like there's not a time when you feel comfortable. And I think it makes you feel really alive to be an entrepreneur. It makes me feel really alive. Like it's really scary a lot of times to try and figure out how to like create a business that is good and does good in the world and makes everyone money. It's a scary process. I don't think mm-hmm. it's easy. Maybe for some people it's easy. For me, it's it's a big risk to my my personal self. Like I'm really tied. I've always been really tied to my job as my identity. So when I do fail, I think it hits me pretty hard. I, I think I, I have a tough time. I take things pretty personal. So for me, like the daily feelings I have, I feel very alive as a human. Yeah. And I think that I feel more alive now than I did when I worked for other people. Mm-hmm. So last question. What, yes. Yes. What, what advice would you give someone thinking about dropping what they're doing to, to build something? There's a couple things. Okay. So save your money. Okay. Um, we saved a lot of money um, in the time that we were thinking about doing Oh Hello. You have to save money. You have to give yourself a runway to fail. You have to give yourself a runway to prepare, to say no, to learn. Fail quickly. Um, we failed really quickly in our first year. We took on a client that was way too big for us. Failed. It was great. It was the best thing we ever learned. Mm-hmm. The five clients that came after that were the best work we ever did, right? Yeah. Um, ask for mentorship. Ask for mentorship. We have a board of advisors. We have people on our board that are helping us bi-monthly, that are giving us the tough love that we need. I have people that I meet with every month for coffee that I share the raw shit. Like I say, this is where we are financially. This is where I am. This is where my headspace is this month. Mm-hmm. And they tell me, they give me good advice. Yeah. So mentorship, saving money, um, failing, being able to fail quickly. And then my last piece of advice, and this is probably the biggest one that I would say you need to be successful as an entrepreneur is write down your goals and then start. So I am a perfectionist. I'm somebody who could say, I'm just going to um, wait until I feel like it's perfect and ready to go. I'm probably, Davey and Dan actually stopped me in my tracks from being like this in the agency. Like they're so willing to like go live with something and then we'll tweak. And I'm somebody that like, I'll just keep tweaking and tweaking and tweak. And it's like, Natalie, like that doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. Like let's just set the campaign live. Yeah. So what I, what I mean by this is like, if you keep saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to leave my job. I want to leave my job. I want to leave my job. And you never leave your job. Like that's on you. So yeah. write down the date, February 14th, set the goal of the money, Do something that gives you a non-negotiable where you have to actually meet it. (laughs) For me, um, it's a trip. So I book a trip. I'm going to Costa Rica in January or in February. I'm going to Egypt this summer. Going to Egypt? I'm going to Egypt. Um, I'll have to tell you about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to tell you about that. Okay. So I, I usually will book the flight three months in advance and I will say to myself, you've got to save. You've got to do well at work because you're going on this trip. And it like inspires me and pushes me. So 
for entrepreneurs that want to leave their job, like figure out what's going to push you, whether it's mm-hmm. cashing in, um, cause I believe like you got to burn your ship. So yeah. if it's cashing in on something, if it's selling something you love, so you have enough money in the bank to finally do it. If it's writing down the date and telling your boss that you're going to be leaving it that day, do just do it. You'll figure out the rest, but don't wait until you've got the perfect plan and the perfect idea and the perfect mentor. Like it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be a hot mess. You're always going to think that you, there's more to do. So just get it done. Start moving. Tweak as you go. Yeah. Well, Natalie, thank you for uh, for sharing your insight. And I will let you get back to your birthday evening. Here comes the birthday. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Turbine Flats Coworking for supporting the show. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends about us and leave a review. You can also like The Commonwealth on Facebook and LinkedIn and follow Alec and I on Twitter and Instagram. We release episodes every Monday, so stay tuned for next week.